You can beat this. It's all a matter of willpower. A test. Something small. Red. Red. All right? Now focus. The color of this pen is... <laughs> the color of this pen is... The pen is blue. The pen is blue! I don't know if it, you guys liked as much as I did watching this. But I had to show it because we need laughter sometimes. My name is Amber Dismute. Um, I'm on staff here at Hope West Des Moines. And I'm super excited to be here tonight as we continue on in your message series, Reset. How many of you are doing a good job with your habit tracker? Raise your hand. Some of you? Yeah, all of you? Not sure? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we started something new here at Hope in general on Sundays and throughout other ministries where we're reading the whole Holy Bible. Anyone doing that? Some of you? Yeah? We're kind of trying to infiltrate that in here as well. The reason I bring that up or I ask that is because the Word of God serves as a mirror. When you read the Word of God... Many times, like if you're struggling with jealousy and you're reading about that, you're like, ugh, that really convicts me. It serves as a mirror to show you maybe where you need to work, maybe where there's some issues or some problems that God wants to reveal and help change. Which brings me to my, the title of my message tonight, which is called Breaking Up with Bad Habits. Which some of you have already started, you're, you've already identified that you have some form of a bad habit because you're marking those things through a habit tracker, correct? Some of you? Maybe? Okay. Well, in order to break up with bad habits, we have to look into the mirror. And sometimes when we look into the mirror, we see things that we don't like. So we don't look into the mirror at all. Or when we look into the mirror, we see things and we deny that they're there. Much like 
in the clip I just showed you with Jim Carrey. We could all see that that pen was blue, right? <laughs> but he was determined to tell us that it was red. See, in this, uh, how many of you have ever seen that movie? Oh my gosh, more than I thought. Okay, I'm not that old. So the movie is Liar, Liar. And in this movie, Jim Carrey is a lawyer. And I'm not by any means saying that all lawyers are liars. That's not what I'm saying. But particularly in this movie, he lies a lot as a lawyer. And that lying could not be contained to just his career. It trickled into his home life to where his wife divorced him and he had a child. And his child was so upset with him because he constantly said, hey, I'm going to be here to do this with you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he kept lying so much that I think his son was like five, maybe seven. I'm not sure that he makes a wish, a birthday wish on his candles and wishes that his dad would not be able to lie for 24 hours. So that's what you see is him trying to lie because he feels like he can't do his job if he can't lie. So as we look into the mirror and we identify these things, the first thing we need to do is we need to admit it. Admit what you're struggling with. Scripture says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you're able to take a look and you're able to admit these things, then that's the first step. That's half the battle. Have you ever been in a situation where um, you can see that the pen is blue, meaning you can see the truth, but that person keeps telling you the pen is red? Like, for example, maybe you're in a relationship with someone and you know that your relationship is extremely toxic, but yet you post selfies so that the world thinks that it's, it's, it's red, or it's, yeah, thinks that it's red, but we can all see that it's blue. Does that make sense? We can all see you're posting that selfie to give the illusion that it's red, but we can all see that it's blue. We can all see that it's a toxic relationship. Does that make sense? Some of you are looking at me like you're confused. Or maybe that's not it. Maybe... Um, you give a different illusion to the world. But admitting is the first step. Second thing to do is to be accountable. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Be accountable. Tell someone what you're struggling with. If you don't tell someone, they can't help you. And it's not like you want to tell someone so that they can constantly be in your business or constantly be correcting you or micromanaging you. You're telling them so that they can help you. That when you start to do that bad habit, they're like, hey, remember you're trying to work on that? Or maybe you start to gossip and you're like, hey, remember that's the one thing you said you're trying not to do? And I'm telling you because I'm telling you in truth and in love. But the next thing we need to do is we need to get to the root. So you've identified that you have a bad habit. You've admitted it. And someone's helping you be accountable. But if I take this tree and I chop it off right here, it leaves all of this underneath. 
which means whatever the real problem is going to continue to sprout back up. So say you have a situation where maybe you don't feel like you received the love that you needed from your parents. So you go out looking for love in relationships. It doesn't have to be sexual. Maybe it is sexual. But you jump from person to person to person so that you think that you're fulfilling love. The reality of what you think is love. Or maybe you post selfies, videos, TikToks to get likes so that you can receive attention or words of affirmation because what you need is words of affirmation, but you're not getting it in the way that you need it. So therefore, you do something in a different way, such as seeking that approval. Or maybe it's your home life that's really chaotic and your parents are constantly arguing and fighting. Maybe they're going to get a divorce. You don't know. You don't know how to deal with this. You don't know how to handle it. So you turn to something like alcohol or you turn to drugs or you turn to vaping or you turn to something that's not healthy because you don't know how to deal with it. The root is often unmet needs. The root is often unmet needs leading to unpleasant behavior or bad habits. So what does that mean? What do we do? So we have our, we have our habit. We know that we need to admit that we have this habit. We have to be accountable for it. We have to figure out what is the root problem? Like why am I really doing this? What unmet need do I have? The next step is to take an inventory. Is to humble yourself before God and say, God, <laughs> I got this habit. I'm telling you, like I'm admitting that I have this habit. I need help. Let's take a look at this. So what is that habit? And how has that habit affected other people? I'm going to give you an example. Maybe my bad habit is self-harm. Maybe I chose this habit because of something that happened to me as a kid. Maybe I was sexually assaulted as a kid and I never told anyone about it. I never admitted it. So therefore, in order to deal with it and cope with it, I decided to self-harm. The sexual assault is not my fault, but my ability to respond to that is my responsibility. And in that, sometimes we harm other people. So we have to take an inventory and take a look at that. Is the way that you're doing things helpful? Is it healthy? Is it working? That's why it says, let's examine them. Let's examine our ways and test them and return to the Lord. If it's not, then we need to make amends. And some of you are thinking, like, how did we get from I have this bad habit and I chew my fingernails? And I want to stop this to, like, all this deep stuff. Because it's never the surface level things. It's always deeper than that. Maybe you chew your fingernails and you're trying to stop that because you actually have anxiety. And you actually have anxiety because your home life is chaotic. That's the root. The behavior you're trying to stop is never going to, 
you're just going to switch from behavior to, to different behavior if you don't actually deal with the root of the problem. And so why do we have to give amends? What is this about? Well, many times when we have a bad habit, not many times, every single time you make a decision, it affects someone else. It's like the butterfly effect. A butterfly effect. When one part of the butterfly flaps its wing, something else happens on the other side of the world. What you do matters. When you do something, it affects other people. So say I was sexually assaulted. Say I chose to self-harm. That was my decision. That's my bad habit. I don't need to make amends with the person that did that to me. That's not by any means what I'm saying. But in the midst of that, maybe I was unkind to my mom. Maybe I hurt my little brother. So making amends is just cleaning up your side of the street. It says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. God cares so much about your relationship with other people that before you come to him and offer something, he wants you to be reconciled. That's how much he cares. And the next thing to do is to forgive. And some of you are thinking like, wow, this got way deep, way quick. Forgiveness is the essence of what Christianity is. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died on the cross is for the forgiveness of our sins. And forgiveness can be really, really hard. A lot of times we don't want to forgive people because we feel like if we forgive, then that's giving them permission to do the same thing to us again. And that's not what that is at all. You don't have to forgive someone and even tell them that you forgive them in order to forgive them. Forgiveness is simply letting go. So for example, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue to use the same example. I was sexually assaulted as a kid. I decided to self-harm. I made amends with the people that I hurt because I chose that behavior. Maybe my friends are worried about me. So I made amends with them. And maybe I needed to forgive myself but I also am forgiving that person that did that to me. I'm not going to forget what happened. And I'm not giving them permission to ever do that again. But I'm forgiving so that this situation does not get to define my behavior. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'm going to tell you a story real quick about a guy from the Bible named Samson. So Samson was born and he had a great calling on his life. And he had some habits that were not great. There were like three things he was told he couldn't do, like three vows, okay? If you had only three rules to life, do you think that would be like pretty easy? I don't know about you, but I'm like, three rules, that's it, I'm down. One of the rules was not to touch a dead carcass or a dead, a dead person. Do you think that would be a hard, if, if that were like a rule in life, do you think you could avoid that? Let's show of hands. Could you avoid that? I definitely could avoid that. 
But Samson, he was like, well, this dead carcass over here has honey in it, and I really want this honey, so I'm going to touch it. Even though I know I shouldn't, I'm going to do it anyway. Then he, uh, one of the other vows that he had that he was not supposed to do was he was not supposed to be around alcohol. He was not supposed to drink alcohol in particular. And scripture doesn't say specifically that he gets drunk, but it alludes that he's at multiple places where there is alcohol being served, where um, he's, at, he's in a party or different things like that. Where in, he, happen, he happens to actually kill 40 people at one, at one point in time, and it alludes to that he's drunk. Vow number two, do not drink. Broke both those. The third one, if you remember anything about Samson, Samson's super strong. Like he's the strongest person ever, okay? And his strength comes from his hair. Strength actually comes from God, but in the illusion, his strength comes from his hair. And he can never cut his hair. He can never tell anyone that that's where it comes from. Even his parents don't know that that's where his strength comes from. But he gets in a relationship with this girl named Delilah. And Delilah, she's scandalous, y'all. Like, she is conniving. And she, um, she asks him over and over and over again to the point where she's, like, crying. Like, you need to tell me. I need to know where you get your strength from. And so he finally tells her. And then these people called the Philistines, they come and they cut his hair off. And then he no longer has strength to fight them. The strongest man in the world at that point in time realizes that his strength is not enough. And what does he do? He calls on God. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Samson allowed his life, his habits to be driven by his own desires that were not healthy. What are your desires? What's in your heart? See, the essence of all of this is the habit, the root. But it's a reflection of your heart. See, we all have something called eye gates, okay? It's your eyes. And when you watch things through them, you open open up your eyes, right? When you listen to things, you open them up. You're opening up the gates. When you watch something like pornography, you're opening up those gates and you're allowing that to come in and it comes here. Whatever is in your heart flows from your mouth. So then when you start to objectify women, it should make sense as to why, because of what you allowed into your eye gates. So how do you guard your heart? Scripture says, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. How do you guard it? Well, number one, take a look at what you open your eye gates to, what your ear gates to. If you're listening to music that constantly is objectifying women and talking about gangs and talking about slang and drugs, I would not be surprised if we find you in that environment. What you do matters. What you see matters. We all have unhealthy habits. We all have things that God wants to work on each and every one of us. 
the last thing is number six. You can do number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five. But you've all tried to do it on your own strength. I'm going to stop for a second because I know that this picture is catching some of you off guard. If you did not know this, Jesus was not a white man. Jesus was brown. So as you sit here and you look at this picture, I don't want it to distract from number six. Invite Jesus to do the heavy lifting. None of us can break these habits on our own. We have tried. In fact, on Thursdays, I happen to run a ministry for people that have identified, hey, I have a bad habit. I got something in my life that I need to change. I got something in my life that I need healing from. And I am willing as a teenager to step into this space and say, I need help. It's a place where they find accountability. It's a face, place where they find freedom. But it's a place where they know that they're always going to be pointed back to Jesus. Because he is the one that does the heavy lifting. So this scripture right here says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I had the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. When we are in our sinful nature, it's not good. And what we, we desire to do good, but we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. See, God sent his son Jesus into the world, lived a life, was crucified, died on a cross for our sins, for our bad habits, rose again, and the Holy Spirit can now reside in each and every one of us if we choose so. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides you. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to do the heavy lifting. So as you're looking at your habit tracker, I'm willing to bet that after this message, and you dig a little deeper, there might be some other habits you need to look at. Or there might be some more realities you need to face as you look at the root of the problem. But I want you to know that you have a savior. That you have someone that loves you and cares about you that's willing to do the heavy lifting for you. If you have questions, if you want to know more about the program that I run on Thursdays called The Landing, I'll be here right after. I want you to know that God loves you, that God sees you. He sees your habit. He sees you trying, and he wants to partner with you. My time is up. Thank you for yours.